You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. This is Grand Design Podcast with DJ and Jerry Grand, where we link the chains of reason of sports, politics, and culture. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening to us on the Grand Designs Podcast. I'm DJ Grand, and I'm here, as always, with my brother, Jerry. Hello. Uh, today, episode 23, we're going to be doing a couple college football things and then a Detroit Tiger baseball um, topic. First, it's the Big 12 and the horns down. That's supposed to be a unsportsmanlike conduct penalty now. And we're going to call it taunting because that's really what it is, and it Basically, it's protecting the Oklahoma Sooners because if they – I'm sorry, not Oklahoma, Texas Longhorns. The Texas has the hook em horns where they take their fingers and point them upward as a, as a horn. If they do that now where it's foot facing down, and I guess they started this last year, and specifically if they do it at a player or a fan, they will be penalized. But if the, – I, the, I watched the conference. The rule said if they mildly do it, it will be allowed. So there's this gray area to where now it's up to a ref to judge on the determination on whether it was mild or it was in the person's face or it was taunting. The problem is they're only protecting Texas. They shouldn't even be penalized. If they're going to penalize taunting, they got to penalize all the taunting. And this includes for Michigan, Michigan State, Western, even into the uh, Division Two and Three, to where they make a good tackle or a good play and they just handle their player. And the next play, they, they, they screw it up. But there's no flag for the taunting. So I don't know why they want to say you can't taunt a Texas player, but if you was at a college, you could do it. My problem is it should be universal. Any, Even the, the upward longhorn symbol should be wrong. Any hand gesture then should be wrong. They can make any rule they want, and they can enforce it how they want. It's their league. But I think there should be a little bit of universality with it. If it's wrong in one instance, it should be wrong in every instance, up and down. And I watched the the Greg Burks, the Big Twelve co- coordinator official. I watched his press press conference. It was actually kind of boring, but when he got he started talking about the horns down, my problem with it was he basically was lashing at the individual. He wants to focus on if it takes anything away from the team and it's an individual, then they can throw the penalty. And there's my philosophical problem with it. I see him speak live, and he definitely mentioned that the individual is to be out. There's no place in this game for the individual. And that was his quote. So it's a team game. That That's what he's looking at it. But that has nothing to do with the hook'em horns. Quite frankly, if I played for Texas and someone did that, that would just get me more motivated to go beat them because they, you know, did a n- opposite nasty gesture to the hook'em horns. But if I'm doing the, the horns up in the air, it's going to come back at me. So it, like you said, it does go both ways. While they're protecting one and not the other, I can't figure out. Well, here's the quote from uh, uh, Greg Burks. By rule, a quote, by rule, anything prolonged and designed to bring attention to the individual rather than the team is a foul. Well, my problem with that word is anything. I mean, that means no dancing in the end zone by yourself. No, no. Although if you get a tackle, 
and you dance afterwards, that's bad because that would bring uh, prolonged design attempt to bring tension to the individual. That's exactly what that is. So he's not going to be consistent with what that statement. When I watched that conference, they were literally focusing on the downhorn, Longhorn's down sign. They didn't talk about taunting any other thing. It was just the horns going down. They have a player, and they're showing uh, Will Greer, who was a quarterback for West Virginia, scoring a touchdown and going in the fans and doing the horns down. That would have been a penalty because he's going to the fans, bringing attention to himself by going to the fan or to a player. Uh, again, it's just the, the, they're just the, the big horns down. If they want to get in front of them and I'm assuming flash the middle finger, that's going to be okay. But if it's the horns down specifically. I really don't think the middle finger will be okay. But that is an actual quote from that conference. He, that's ex- he said about bringing attention to the individual rather than a team is a foul. So being consistent with that statement, what I said holds true. You can't, you will not be able to celebrate any individual achievement because that brings attention to the individual and not towards the team. I'm pretty sure if they score a touchdown and they do the horns up, they're not getting a penalty. Well, the only thing I agreed with him was when he said he was trying to say it depends. And I think what he meant was the context. He said if he, if they were doing it in the sidelines with their team, it would be overlooked. But if they did it all by themselves, went to the opposing sports, uh, opposing team's fans, and then it would be considered a foul. Horns up. He only mentioned the horns down. That's what I mean. But, it's no, only I th- horns down. See, that's what I so, meant about the, the universality. It should go both. It should go all hand gestures then. I completely agree, but it can't stop there. Now it's got to go to where if you make a nice play on the field, you can't stand over the guy and look at him like you're – Whatever, making fun of them, ta- taunting him is what you're doing. That should be a penalty. All that stuff where they get up and they tap their chest and they think they've made the greatest play in the world. Again, like I said earlier, only the next play to screw it up and make us look like an idiot. They're not dancing around anymore. If they were to enforce this by the law, you know how long these games would take? Because it's a culture. It well, is a culture with these kids. In the college or kids, what they do. To me, it's just like hockey. If they actually did... Hold it consistently, every single uh, infraction called. Then eventually they would learn and it would stop. I got to tell you, it's made it has got my interest. Where I want to watch the first uh, Texas game, and more maybe not the first because they got the three uh, non-conference game, but the first conference game when they play Oklahoma, when they play Oklahoma State, all the rivals. I want to see those games just for the penalties. Because I know those kids are going to go horns down, and then it's, it's an interpretation. Are they going to throw their flag? And what happens if in the first quarter the kid does a horns down, they throw their flag, but in the fourth quarter, because they change the whole game, that that's where it gets into this whole gray area where it's going to be interpretation of the referee. And if it's the end of the game, last two minutes, they're not going to call it. That changes the game. Well, once again, Greg Burke said his advice to those wanting to do horns down do it in the back of their own bench area, which once again, that focuses on the team. If you do it amongst the team or the group, the collective, it's okay. But if you do it as an individual, then it becomes a sin. I'm going to, again, interesting to see how they interpretate that and then actually officiate it. All right, the next topic is more Michigan-related, and Jim Harbaugh was on a po- podcast and sort of made a, a truth statement about Urban Meyer and – Somehow, some way, it became controversial. Uh, it only became controversial because the people who, I mean, everybody, even the Detroit uh, TV uh, announcers, uh, Harbaugh hasn't beaten Urban Meyer, so what right does he have to say anything? That right there was doing the same exact thing that they're accusing Jim Harbaugh of doing to Meyer. 
Well, first, let's say what he said. Uh, he's, Harbaugh said Meyer had a really phenomenal record everywhere he's been, and then he followed that up by saying controversy follows him everywhere he's been as well. Um, that's a true statement. I don't care who says that. I don't care if you lose 100 times Ohio State or if you beat Ohio State 100 times. It's the truth. It shouldn't matter whether you beat Ohio State or not. And in fact, the one thing I didn't like about it was uh, his daughter, uh, Urban Meyer's daughter, came to his rescue or tried to back him up and basically said what you just said, that he has he was trying to deflect from the fact that he has he was 0-4 against Urban. In fact, Nikki Meyer, Urban Meyer's daughter, responded to Harbaugh's initial comment uh, on the podcast by questioning if Harbaugh was deflecting from his own 0-4 record versus Meyer. Well, all those that bring up the 0-4 record are flat out just deflecting, or they don't want to talk about, that he told the truth, that there was controversy with Urban Meyer and his daughter didn't like Harbaugh bringing that fact up. The fact that it was the truth, that controversy does follow. So because of that, they have to lash back. And every single Detroit announcer had the same question. So even his daughter, Nikki, you just did the same thing that Harbaugh did to your dad. You said something negative. So why is it okay for you to point out that he's lost all four, which we already know. I'm sure Harbaugh knows that too. Well, You're doing it to get back at Harbaugh for what he said. To me, Nikki was the one that was deflecting. She was deflecting from the fact that controversy does follow it was the his, truth. Fa- his father, her father, and she then deflected, saying, "Oh, you're all for." There's where the true that, deflection that, was. That, it's sort of like projecting. That's my whole point. She, they didn't like that was too personal, even though it was the truth. How dare you? So now I'm going to go out and I'm going to bring up that you never beat him. Just deflecting is a good word, but that's exactly all I had to do. But I, I don't think his record has anything to do with it. He told the truth, and that's the reason why Urban Meyer is not coaching today, because of the controversy. Whether it be with Ohio State or even Florida was even worse, and he got away with it in Florida. Came like an angel on that one. Urban Meyer will be back. I'm here. He's, he's, they're interested in Southern California. I believe you. I, yeah, I be said back. from day one, USC, but give it three years. Just like with the, the last controversy at Florida, it cools down. Everyone forgets about it, and bam, he's back on the West Coast coaching USC. So then we'll just wait and see. Will controversy follow? Being in USC, odds are it's going to. Well, the one thing I didn't like about what Harbaugh said is the time he said it. I think it would have been better served had he said it while Urban Meyer was still the coach. Because now he's not coaching against him anymore. But other than that, I have no problem with what he said. It was the truth. I just think it would have looked a little better had he said it while he was still coaching, just last year. I'd also like to know the context. Was he asked about him, or did he just bring it up out of the blue? I didn't watch the Big Ten conference to find out. No, the, the, well, this did, was on a podcast when report, he brought it up. Oh, so, some, so yeah, the podcast. And so they, and so the, the podcast person must have asked him a question. Sure. So that's why he said it. So it's not on blame Harbaugh. Harbaugh for waiting or doing it. It was asked of him. What's he going to do? What they brought up in the Big Ten uh, or the Michigan Media Day, they did ask him about a context, and he just basically said, there's no context. It's in my opinion, period. There's no – you guys know about it, and you guys have reported on it. And that's what I've seen the next day. You guys have all in this room reported about it and written about it. And that was done. It was over with, and which was true. Everybody in there knows it. But again, some people with, uh, I don't know, uh, feelings or – I, they don't want to face the truth. They get real, real sensitive. You know, most Buckeye fans, because now um, they're not even predicted to come in third place. So that's a real, real tough, touchy situation that Urban's left. And now that whole mystique with Ohio State's gone with him. 
Well, I don't trust those preseason predictions. I mean, until they, they play the game, well, then the last couple of years have had Alabama. Well, a couple ever since they started this whole playoff, it's always been Alabama and Clemson who started out number one, number two every single year. They've gotten that part right. Well, yeah, but not always. But I just say I don't trust them. I'd rather wait until the, they actually play before we start. Look, I think them. that committee has a bias for the SEC. Period. End of story. There's always going to be two SEC teams. And with that being said, with to be two. Two SC teams, one's a non-champion, which means a conference champion's going to get screwed every single year. So one last thing they accused Harbaugh of was poking the bear, which which means he was taunting – basically, he was taunting Ohio State. The comment was poking the bear. How can you poke the bear? They've beaten you like the last 10 times in a row. Oh. I guess the I, don't get it. I guess the bear's gone to sleep now, and they're going to he's poking. I it. guess, but that's what they said. I'm not saying this. This is what what if Michigan came out won all all those games in a row. They, they'd be sleeping. They'd be overconfident. I can't see them poking a bear. I, I can't. I, the 62, not, not them run the score up. Was that poking a bear? Running that they did. They ran the score up. It's cool. I, I have no problem with it. And Michigan should have stopped them. But that's exactly what they did. What was that poking the bear? No. Well, so basically, it's Ohio State getting a little bit too sensitive. This is what he said. It was my opinion. I'm not into making animal a- analogies, so the poking the bear thing doesn't resonate with me. There's really nothing more to it. They brought up the poking the bear to him, accusing him of it. And they wanted to get him to draw something, blackboard material, and that's just not going to work. And even that the Urban Meyer uh, comments aren't going to be blackboard material because not even he's not even around anymore. It's a Ryan Day's team. So that, that can't be blackboard. These are just Ohio State fans, media, looking for something so it can motivate the team. I don't think it's going to work. Bottom line, it shouldn't matter what his record is against Ohio State. It, it shouldn't matter if it's the truth or not. And that's what they should be focusing on instead of focusing on the fact that he lost four times to Ohio State. Is it the truth? And that should be what matters. I agree. That's too bad that no one else does, or very few others do. Uh, and next, we're going to move on to Detroit Tigers. Uh, we went to the game uh, on Sunday, and yes, yeah, so I'd like to thank uh, the Lebowski Law Firm again, Lebowski Law Firm, for inviting us out. Uh, it was a great day. It was it was a fun time. I enjoyed myself. Um, at the end of the game, uh, I think uh, Nick Castellano. I'm probably saying his name wrong. He had a pretty good game. Castellano, Nicholas Castellanos. That's who was it. But he basically was lashing after hitting the winning home run, walk off home run. He lashed at Comerica Park, saying that it was a joke, and basically because he sh- it should have went farther than the first seats because in, in other stadiums it would have. Does he know they've already shortened Comerica once? Well, apparently he wants it even shorter, even more. Probably the center center field is pretty for, pretty far, four hundred twenty feet, but. He probably wants it more. Okay. Does he know what Tiger Stadium was dead center field? How do I know that? He doesn't because it was 440. So Tiger Stadium, that's that's a bomb. Remember, remember Tiger Stadium? It used to oh, be absolutely. Uh, Death Valley. But the problem with Tiger Stadium, and you're going to hear this about Yankee Stadium, it had two short left field and right field lines. I think the right field was 325. That's a softball park. 325 for a pro, you hit a pop-up on a good day, it would hit Tiger Stadium's uh, overhang, and that's a home run. That's what Cassiano wants. That's Tiger Stadium. But that went away a long time ago. I don't know what year, but Juan Gonzalez came to the Detroit Tigers. Before he came, he was a home run heating machine. Came to the Tigers and just didn't do anything, meaning he hit the home runs that he was expected and paid for to hit. They then 
brought the right field and left field seats. The bullpen used to be in right field, but because they brought it in, they moved the bullpen to the left field for both teams. So again, it's shorter now than it was when Comerica first opened. So I don't know what Mr. Nicholas wants. Well, let's give him the floor. His quote is, this park's a joke. It's to the point where how are we going to be compared to the rest of the people in the league for power numbers and OPS and slugging and all this stuff when you've got a yard out there that's 420 feet straight across the center field? We get on second base, third base, and opposing players looking like, how do you guys do this? We play 81 games here. I don't want to hear it about your two you hit that are questionable. That was the quote. Well, he's thinking about himself there a lot because the whole on-base percentage and doubles and triples, and I guess he, maybe that's his way of wanting out of Detroit. And that could be his motive because, you know, they're pretty bad this year. And well, he, I hear he's on the trading block, too. And it's well, good. he's been on the trading block for the last couple of years, and they just never pulled the trigger or nobody wants him. And if he was – there's a couple – I'm not sure. I didn't look it up. But I know Tucker Stadium isn't the longest out there. I did. We'll get to that after this. However, he did actually – tried to deflect from himself, and he said he tried to put the issue in the perspective or Castellanos, tried to put the issue in the perspective of Miguel Cabrera, considered to be by many to be one of the best hitters, if not the best of this generation. Okay, quote, let's just say Miggy played his whole career in Yankee Stadium or Great American Ballpark or whatever. Him and Bonds are already the greatest hitters, period. There's no discussion. But the fact that he's played in Pro Player Stadium, the Marlins Old Park, and then Comerica Park, there's a discussion. So he did try and take it away from him, Constellanos. And look what Cabrera did. He sees, okay, here's my problem. Did, did anyone for the Tigers complain in 2006 about it being too big? They complained in 2012. Those are the two years they went to the World Series. They weren't complaining then. When Magdalena Dornias hit the walk-off homer against the A's to get to the World Series, they weren't complaining then. Well, when the Kansas City Royals won recently the World, the World Series, they weren't home run hitters. They did it by contact hitting. And so you don't necessarily need to be home run hitters to win it I all. I think you and I were both taught to play. It wasn't power. It was about base hits. Contact hitting is what hit I said. Them, hit, them, hit them where they're not. All right, and I thought Castellano did that yesterday. He had a double, a ground rule double. I mean, he, he was doing pretty good. So to complain about the – and really, if you think about it, if it went to left field, I'm assuming someone went to left field, it went to the first row. That cleared the entire bullpen. It was, that's, it was left field. It's a poke. And it's it's still, a, I didn't really – but it was a little further than the first row. But he Even was the third saying, row, it went over the bullpen. So they had seats there. Nick, your, your your ball you just hit was now fifteen rows in. Is that what you want? Wait, didn't he say it was four hundred and thirty four feet? So yeah, it was four hundred and thirty four feet. Well, no, this was uh, from what he said. There's no reason uh, that I hit a ball four hundred thirty four feet off of Annabelle Sanchez, and it goes in the first row. That shouldn't happen. Well, four thirty four is longer than the four twenty he was complaining about in center field. Correct. But again, that wouldn't have been out in Tiger Stadium dead center. That probably would have been a home run in left field because they had a short uh, left field and right field, as I said earlier. Well, 434 would have. It's further than 420. But that would have – 434, I think, would have been – because I don't remember the Tiger – I know the right field was 325. And he had 434. I'm talking Park. I mean Comerica Park. Correct. correct. Right. But I'm saying if Nick would have hit that ball in Tiger Stadium, that may have been an upper deck. Is that what he wants is upper decks home runs? So he looks like he's powerful? Dude, if you hit the ball out of a long ballpark, you're still powerful. I, I don't get it. I don't get what his point is. Well, as far as the parks go, 
thesportsers.com uh, did an article about where the most home runs go and where the least home runs go. And the top five stadiums that hit got the most home runs hit out of Camden Yards for the or- Orioles. Then Yankee Stadium was number two. Rogers Center of the Blue Jays was number three. Great American Ballpark of the Reds was number four. And Coors Field was number five. Those are the top five home run hitters or home run ballparks. So, so that's basically where Nick wants to go play. Well, the bottom five, uh, the wor- well, I'll start at five and work the way down. Five is uh, Kauffman Stadium with the Royals. Then AT&T Park with the San Francisco Giants. Wrigley Fields and the Cubs was uh, – uh, second from last. The penultimate one, P- PNC Park, was uh, the Pirates. And the last one was Marlins Park. Where they were the worst of the home runs. I didn't hear Comerica Park listed in any of those five. Yeah, those were the worst. Those were the, the worst five. So, so, so those what the, is he complaining So those are the longest five. Yeah, those are the, the ones that had the least home runs. The Marlins had 591. Uh, uh, P- PNC Park had 654. Wrigley Field had 679. And comparatively speaking, the top ones, Camden Yards had 1,110. Yankee Stadium had 1,044. And Rogers Center, the Blue Jays, had 1,010. They're, they're comparative speaking between the worst and the best. In, in between then, obviously, was was uh, Comerica Park. He doesn't have much gripe to, well, or no, much argument. One of the longest parks was Kansas City, correct? The Royals. That was one of the hardest parks. Longest. Well, Same thing, right? They were number five. They were of the worst. Okay. The- so, Bo Jackson is famous and known all-star game for hitting a monster shot in Kansas City. But was that in Kauffman Stadium or was that a different stadium? Kauffman Stadium is the same the, stadium they're playing in right it, now. Is it? They okay. got the same fountain, that same crown. Um, Bo Jackson hit the crown. I mean, when he, his first day there, this wasn't a game. Uh, the, the GM, when he just came in after he left, uh, he played uh, with Auburn, I believe it was, and he got disqualified from co- co- uh, collegiate baseball. And he came to the Kansas City Royals. He got drafted because they thought he was uh, going to play football, but he got drafted like in the really, really late rounds. Came, signed his contract, went on took batting practice, and no one's ever hit a ball off the crown behind center field. So he hit it. Now, in the All-Star game, he first pitch. He just, Reagan was doing the play-by-play when he did it, and he's known for that. That's a long park. He got a lot of reputation for Bo Nose Baseball for that hit. So if Nick wants something like that, just hit the ball. Hit one of those trucks that are the cars in center field there. You hit that, you're going to get your recognition. That's why I just don't – I don't get – why he's worried about it going in the first row. Clear the fence. You won the game. Does it really matter? I, t- I totally agree. I, in a way, it's what you were saying earlier. He was trying to bring attention to himself because maybe he wants out of Detroit. Maybe he wants to be traded. Well, like, again, if he's going to do that, it, it, it pretty much how he stated that he can backtrack all he wants. But that first comment that I was listening to was basically all about him. He wants the longer hits. He wants to go out. And he's using the other players coming to visit <clears throat> Excuse me, as – how do you guys do this? Why is it even brought up? That's a conversation between him and another player. I just don't understand why he would bring up what other players are saying about uh, Comerica when does he go out to other stadiums and say the same thing? Well, I think the point is that the other players were saying, we don't have to do this in our stadium. Why do you guys have to put up this in your stadium? Toronto's not a short park either. That's why I don't – they just play Toronto. So that I'm assuming, I probably shouldn't, that he had the conversation with one of these Toronto players because it's fresh in his mind. Why would he bring up a, a, a game that was weeks ago? Because they had a road trip they just came back from. This is their first home homestand in a while. So I don't. I just don't understand 
what the players who are in a different park for if they're in well I, again Toronto's a that's a pretty big park to hit it isn't short so those guys are going through the same thing so why they would say how do you do it I don't get it not on the dimensions in Toronto but I just don't understand I don't think he was meaning specifically any one team I, I think he was just bringing it up generically saying that these guys are all telling me this and you guys have have to suffer with this long ballpark. Miguel Cabrera is going to the Hall of Fame, and he's going in because he's a great ball player. He's a great hitter. It has nothing to do with the distance of the home runs that he hit or even that amount. I mean, Babe Ruth still, Hank Aaron, th- those two there. Babe Ruth, much, much fewer games than Hank Aaron, and Hank Aaron yet beat his record. Babe Ruth is still known for the home run record. Uh, the only one that really, if you want to talk about someone who got screwed, was Roger Maris. That, that guy got screwed. If you look at home runs recognition, Nick, that's why I don't get what Nick's trying to get at. Is, does he want 61 home runs? Does he want to beat Barry Bonds 70? Is he jealous? And San Francisco isn't a uh, short park either. Now, the whole show is a different issue, but Bonds hit those out in right field. In McCovey Cove, he, he hit a lot of into the ocean. Well, San Francisco was listed as one of those five that were hard to hit out on. Well, so. well there you go. So he brought up Bonds. What are you talking about? I mean, Barry, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, those guys had to hit in those fields during that whole home run race. So I, I don't get They did it, so why, why can't he? So I don't understand what his point is. It just made him look bad. I mean, it doesn't look good in my eyes. He's complaining about the length of the uh, home run distance, yet it, it was, it's been shortened already once. I would have thought he would have brought that up. I know it's been shortened. It needs to come in a little bit further. He didn't even bring that up. Because what, what, what he would have, what would he have done had he played when they first built the park? I think that was his point, though, that he they should bring the walls in again a second time. It's still too long, and until someone starts complaining about it, and then others start complaining about it, and they two more start complaining about it, then it'll finally come in after pressures. And then you're going to hear what you heard from Tiger Stadium. It's a softball park. You got to move it back. Why do you think that they built it like they did? They got sick and tired of the Tigers being made fun of coming in here, and it's a 325 down the right field line. It may have been shorter than that. It may have been 325 in the left field, right, and 315 in the right field. I remember it was a short, everyone made fun of it being a softball park. So I could see where the Tigers organization made it longer because they got a jilting from that. Just to the fact that, I mean, Reggie Jackson this day is known for that all-star home run in 72. That hit the lights, the roof. Yeah, yes. because it was so short. That never would have happened in Comerica. So, I, I, again, I don't understand the – I think it's just for him because he wants it to be known as hitting the monstrous home runs. Um, right now, they're all about exit velocity, the arc that it goes out, all these metrics, saber stats now, and I think that's what he's trying to get into. He needs the stats because without the stats, that's his payday. And um, with his payday, no team's going to want him if he can't hit the ball, I guess, 15 rows into the stands. Well, they brought up the power numbers, the OPS and the slugging percentage and all that stuff. So he is concerned about stats. That is the point. He wants the stats. And once again, that's for himself so that he can better look better for a possible trade. I really think he wants out of Detroit. Oh, I, I think no, I know he does, and I think he's upset over the uh, – the, the trade rumors, but again, maybe maybe he's trying to insinuate or fuel those trade rumors because it is coming on the trade deadline. You're getting to the playoff push because over half the season's gone by now. Maybe he just he, he's just doing it. But my only problem is if he did say that, and I'm a GM, I'm not sure I want this guy now because he's worried about how far he hits the ball, and where, where the seats are at. Not only that, he's not loyal to the team. I mean, the, Detroit's not good this year, obviously, and that it, that could be another. Uh, factor that's influencing his decision that because I don't want to play on a bad team. And that's a whole other thing. 
the the opposite of it back in I think 2012. I think it was 12. They, look, they had a pretty formidable pitching staff with Verlander, uh, Scherzer, Annabelle Sanchez, and Rick Porcello. And the one who cheated, Kenny, I forget, the, the lefty. But they had that, that, was a, that was a knockout staff, but they didn't win the World Series. They lost. St. Louis smoked them, hit a lot of home runs in that very same long, long ballpark that he's talking about. So once again, and they weren't complaining when they went to the World Series that it was too long. Nobody was. Nobody. Again, so why now? Uh, once I really bottom line, I think he he was trying to get he's, he's trying to make a name to himself so he can get traded. Okay, I agree. I don't think it helped him, so he might want to try a different tactic. Well, that's our episode for this week. I want to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to the Grand Designs podcast. We appreciate every single listener that we get. Uh, you can get a hold of us at granddesignspodcast dot com. Our uh, email address is granddesignspodcast at yahoo. You follow us on Twitter at Grand Designs Pod, and you can follow us on Instagram at Grand Design Podcast. This is the Grand Designs Podcast. Who are you listening to?